Hello, and welcome back to the Curious Ones podcast. My name is Emma Krebs. I created this podcast to be able to have conversations that were lacking through my daily interactions, as I always felt the longing to dive deeper. This space is for meaningful conversations that I hope help to broaden my perspectives and maybe even yours as well. Hello, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Curious One podcast. On today's episode, I dive headfirst into all things masculine and feminine energy with men's work coach, Brandon Archer. The divine energies are energies and traits that are contained within each of us. Individually, we each possess a more predominant energy within us. In certain situations, experiences, and dynamics, our predominant energy may switch, change, or adapt in that moment. Masculine and feminine energies have nothing to do with gender. In regards to energies within relationships, there always needs to be a polarity of energy in order for it to remain balanced. As we navigate life, experiences can suppress our expression of certain energies, resulting in a manifestation of what is commonly known as toxic forms of these energies. As we navigate life, experiences can suppress our expression of certain energies, resulting in a manifestation of what is commonly known as toxic forms of these energies. Stay tuned as Brandon and I uncover all things divine energies, including toxic masculinity and toxic femininity, the role of polarity within relationships, how to heal our wounded child, and how he teaches his children about masculine and feminine energies, plus so much more. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and as always, if you gain value from Brandon's words, please share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it. As well, if you have a moment, it would mean the world to me if you could rate and review the podcast. All right, that is enough of me chatting. Rise with me, my friends, and let's jump into the episode. May you be inspired, may you be curious, and may you learn more about yourself as we learn about others. Enjoy. Well, welcome to a brand new episode of the Curious One podcast. Today, we have Brandon Archer joining me, and I am very excited for this conversation. We're going to base it a bit around masculine, feminine energy, a topic that I'm super passionate about and um, have found myself really diving in the past few months, but I thought I'd have Brandon on. And before we go further, are you able to give my listeners some background a bit into who you are and the work that you're doing and maybe how you got into that work to begin with. Yes. I facilitate men's groups and I work with men one-on-one to improve their communication and their relationships with their partners. And that's where I am now. How I got there is lifelong learning, but we're coming up on five years ago. I actually had a heart attack while I was out training on my bike, semi-competitive athlete. And after that happened, it really made me take note of my life and what I was doing and if I was happy or not, and started me on a journey to go deeper than I knew a person could go. And through that led me to like masculine and feminine energies within myself and polarity and relationships. And similar to you, it fascinated me and I went deeper and deeper and deeper and learned how to understand it myself and then see it in other people and help them heal. 
and then also in my relationships how it works because there is an energy there mm-hmm. definitely i was i was actually just listening to you on jared again so you're on our mutual friend the journey of jared's podcast yes. and on there you expanded like quite deep into a bit about your journey and I, I know this is kind of random but one thing that really stuck up to me was you were speaking about how at the beginning of your journey or kind of like a pivotal point in your journey a lot of books were being brought to you from like mentors or friends um and one of them was the voice of knowledge yes and i that book was like the catalyst for me in regards to like my spiritual journey your awakening the beginning um and i find that that, I, that not many people like i've never really met anyone that felt the same way especially like that book it's not a well-known book i find i mean it's well known but not like the power of now or something like that so i just i wanted to say like i heard you there <laughs> i think it's really yeah. cool yeah. yeah it was a pivotal one um that book i listened to on audio while i was out riding my bike and i started bawling i started really? crying because it was so impactful mm. Yeah, my dad gave it to me actually. Um, my dad was a huge catalyst in my journey for sure, still is. Like he's a very wise man. And um I think I first time I read it, I, I'll be honest, I was like 18. I didn't know what it was, knew nothing about it. I read it and for it was so weird because I never did this like at that time, but I started rewriting parts of the book and I didn't even know why. Like I literally would just write the summaries at the end of each chapter and then like I think I more things happened in my life and I got further on my journey. And then um, I read it again the second time and it was like, it was like a, an entirely new book. And it is every time that I read it back now, it's an entirely new book, but um, yeah, it's a great one for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. so now I want to explore a bit more because thank you for sharing your journey and please feel free to share as much as you want throughout our conversation. Um, I'd love to hear more about it. I know more, but um, for my listeners that might not know much about you. Sure. Um, so before we even begin, I was wondering if we could do a bit of an overview on what masculine and feminine energy are, because sure. I think as I was preparing for this conversation, I was having many conversations with other people around what they knew about masculine and feminine energy, if they were interested even in it, um, around toxic or unconscious um, energies. And to me, what I was beginning to gather was just that there's not a lot of understanding about what it is. And as someone that's like been in this kind of world and is interested in this world for years, it wasn't until July of this year that I, I really began to navigate it because for the longest time, I thought it was gender roles. And right. I thought it had something to do with gender, which I think is the biggest misconception. So do you want to speak love, that a bit? Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. And I like where you started it because it's gender people think it's gender specific. So I just start with a talk I gave last year and it was called, what does it mean to be a man in 2020? And it was about masculinity. Mm -hmm. What I did in the audience is I left um, blue and pink sticky notes on their seats with a pen. And I asked them at one point in the talk, it's like, okay, I want you to think of some masculine traits, write them down, then some feminine traits, write them down. And traits and energies are basically we're going to let's say they're interchangeable for now okay. yep. and what i had people do is write that down and then we put some up on the screen and asked now are these traits gender specific and shockingly people are like oh they're not gender specific 
So that's a really important thing. I'm glad you started with that because it's Mm -hmm. not gender specific, but we all carry these traits in us. And I've also been questioned on like, well, why do you call it masculine feminine? I'm like, well, I saw where he was going with that, but Mm -hmm. it resonates with people and it makes sense. And Mm -hmm. it's very easy to understand for people. Um, So what is the easiest way where to start is masculine is a little more things like assertive, decisive things that we uh, would equate with a man doing not to say women don't do the same thing. Feminine would be, you know, loving, caring, empathy. But as I say those words, people are like, well, that has nothing to do with gender. And you're right. You're right. But what it helps us do is give us reference points so that when we, Um, can look at ourselves where am I balanced and where am I out of balance do I have empathy okay if I don't have empathy what do I need to do to heal that what do I need to do to tap into that empathy every man has the capacity to have empathy just as every woman has a capacity to be assertive but how do you how do you begin to understand what they mean and the masculine feminine energies and traits is a way that every time I share it people are like that makes so much sense and what I have found with this in my own journey is I've I've done other modalities of healing but until I learned this and really understood it all the other modalities never stuck so a, a common one is um attachment styles right so avoidant or, oh, I'm just completely gapping out. Avoidant, avoidant or, um, or anxious or anxious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> so I went down that road myself personally for quite a while. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why can't I make this work? I'm doing all the reading. I'm doing all the things that say this should really work. And then I found masculine and feminine energies. And I'm like, oh, that's why that didn't work did some work around that and the traits within myself and some healing from past wounds, which we can get into if you like. And all of a sudden the avoidant anxious work started really working and sticking. Hmm. Hmm. It's, I'm like, I feel like last week I had a really pivotal few days in my journey and like I'm still kind of digesting it so like I don't know how much I feel called to talk about it because I think I'm still processing it myself but um I've actually like I'll say it at the beginning of this conversation I feel as though I and actually I I almost want to talk to you about this but I feel as though I have a more like masculine energy or I've been within my masculine for a very long time and like predominantly in my masculine and so as of lately probably the past month i've really been trying to explore what it means to be in my feminine and why i at times feel resistance to be in my feminine or i feel fear or just any sort of uncomfort around being in the feminine and last week i really um not like partly consciously but i think it's also like divine timing things happen i was really went down that rabbit hole of stepping into my feminine and just like certain realizations and things did come, as you said, like things that weren't really making sense before, but I was like working really hard on or like, I don't just like these odd imbalances in my life that I guess I didn't really realize were imbalances. I used to view them in a different way. But now that I'm becoming more aware of like the feminine and like the energies, 
weird things are clicking. And I know I'm probably not making sense and I might be talking too broad, but I'm just still processing it. But it's just been super crazy. Like the minute that I decided to dive into the feminine within, within literally six days, I had so many more, um, like I call them downloads and just like realizations about myself, about how I view the world, about my relationships than I did in the past, probably like five months, maybe even an entire year, which has just been like mind boggling to me. So, um, so yeah. are you finding that because it intuitively makes sense, these downloads are happening? Like, oh man, mm-hmm. like this makes so much sense. Yeah. Once you come to these, you know, little nuggets of information like masculine and feminine, and then you start implementing it. And like you said, you had more downloads recently than you have yeah. in months. Yeah. And I strongly believe it's because we intuitively know our like spiritual being of the part of us as a humans. We just know like, this is right. Like, this is right. Mm-hmm. Um, I have yet to find somebody that this doesn't resonate with, which mm-hmm. I find super fascinating. It's like knowledge we've had as humans for thousands and thousands of years, but in our modern age, it's been completely lost. Or just, which we'll probably get into. I hate when people always say, yeah, but we'll get into, but anyways, um, like, but we'll talk about is just like the unconscious and the toxicity of it. Like we've actually even switched the narrative around it and yes. made it a negative thing. And like, even us having this conversation, like I've had people push back and be like, you're going to talk about masculine feminine energy. And like, you know what I mean? Just like, even how I was, well, the first time my partner brought it up to me, I was like, you're trying to put me in this gender role. Like, I'm not for that, but um. Yeah, like also too, I do just want to chat about about like what masculine and feminine traits are. Yes. I just wanted to maybe just bring some more up. And then if there's some that I miss that you think are really important, like please just add them in. Sure. But the feminine is like intu- intuition and feeling, the senses, creativity, nurturing, experiencing, being. That's been a huge one for me lately. Collaboration. Um, what else do we have here? Life, renewal, birth, healing, openness, love, compassion, forgiveness, connection, harmony, sensuality, pleasure. And then it's also related to the moon. So more masculine, I'll be honest, my my list for masculine is quite smaller than my feminine. Maybe that's (laughs) for a reason. Um, But it's more, as you said, like logical, logical thinking, decisive action, risk taking, achieving, controlling. It's more competitive, intellectual and more giving. Right. You want to add to either? Well, there's so many, but yeah, let's start with those. <laughs> let's start with those. Okay. The one, the one on the masculine that you mentioned about controlling. Yes. That would be toxic. Word. Toxic masculinity. You would think so. So all of them, all the rest are a healthy mm-hmm. masculine trait, but you mentioned to- toxicity and there's toxic feminine there's toxic masculine. Not which yeah. Toxic feminine never gets talked about. I, I was hoping we could chat about it. Ever and that is um, unfortunate. It's unfortunate mm-hmm. that society has, especially with masculinity. I know for a fact uh, this is. I've been doing this long enough. When you say the word masculine, people have a reaction in their body and they hear toxic. Mm. I believe they put the word toxic in front of masculinity, which is why men struggle to embrace mm. masculinity in this day and age because we've been taught. It's, it's bad. That's completely not true. Yeah. But the narrative has been swung so far into it's toxic. It's like, 
if you, if you look at healthy masculine traits, everybody wants those. Mm-hmm. Every female partner wants their uh, masculine partner to have those traits. But we have grown up in uh, an age and a model where it's been told it's bad. Mm-hmm. That's not true. That's not true. So it's very, uh, I, I, I almost want to use the word groundbreaking knowledge, but it's not. It's been mm-hmm. around forever. It's just been kind of lost. Mm-hmm. And um, we as a society have gotten so smart so fast with the internet with like we can access so much information that we collectively have got so in our heads and if we can't explain it logically and with the scientific method and all these like super logical things then we have been discounting it for a really long time but like covid has caused people to sit still and go oh crap i have to like look at myself a little bit and there's like a bit of an awakening spiritually mm-hmm. that people are like, oh, what's this masculine feminine thing? Oh, yeah. man. And they hear a bit and they're like, that makes so much sense. Yeah. And where it really shows up is in relationships. That's where people, especially with COVID, and you get, you get people in a tighter space. Uh, if we want to talk about romantic relationships, now you've got to face some stuff that you weren't facing because you were going to work and you could escape. Mm-hmm. But now people are faced with the things that they don't know what to do with. So that's where it's really showing up with the people I talk to is in relationships. And mm-hmm. once they kind of piques their interest, they're willing to go down the rabbit hole, so to speak, and kind of look at the bigger picture of what these traits are. Mm-hmm. Totally. That's even like resonating with me and like the collective awakening, but even just, um, yeah, it's been interesting. Like as hard as COVID's been, it's also been a really beautiful thing, at least for myself. And I, I at times feel guilt for saying that, but I'm trying to move past that. And just Well, I will back you up on that. I made a post saying 2020 was the best year of my life. And that's not made up. It's, not bullshit. Yeah. It's not bullshit. It's like, yes, my, my business took a huge pivot, but that's just stuff. Like I can deal with that. But mm-hmm. the growth I experienced and the things that happened in my life, I'm like, it only happened because of the lockdown, because of being forced to change the way I did things. And it was awesome. So I'm glad you mm-hmm. feel the same way. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Um, so we've, we've touched on it a bit here in regards to the toxicity. So should we just maybe chat about what does toxic energy look like um, in both masculine and feminine? And I want to ask you, where does this toxicity or this unconscious energy stem from? Oh, boy. We're going for it, aren't we? (laughs) Yeah, no, this is great. Um, Let's let's just hit toxic masculinity because it's the most common. Um, How it shows up is in all the ways all your listeners know. They can probably name them off the top of their head. You know, machoism is a good one. Like that's toxic masculinity. That is not balanced, healthy masculine. Um, aggressive versus assertive. So those may sound on the outset as the same thing, but if you if you start pulling those apart, they're actually not. Aggressive is demeaning. Aggressive is trying to control. Aggressive is uh, intimidating another person. Assertive is knowing who you are and being so grounded that you can say what you need to say from a place of love is important to know, 
but also stand your ground. It's completely different, but people definitely um, can confuse those two. So we don't want to see people be aggressive. And if that's uh, a man or a woman, that's not a desirable trait in a person. And where did that come from? Oh, it. Um, oh, hang on. Can I back you up for a second? Yes. Can you talk about toxicity or like an unbalanced or unconscious, the feminine? Because that's something that personally I don't really know much about. The only thing, or maybe I'll let you explain it and I'll explain maybe what I know about it. Because I had a really interesting conversation with one of my friends the other day about it. So <laughs> some traits that would be considered toxic feminine would be selfishness, jealousy, or withholding. So those are things that we see both men and women do. So let's, let's withholding I like because if a lot of reference points for listeners will be their relationships with a romantic partner. But if you really start expanding, you can see how you may do this in every relationship in, in your life. So why would you not, why would you withhold something? Like, why would you withhold something? It's normally because you don't feel safe. You feel like you might be judged. You feel like, oh, I can't possibly share that. So how you heal the feminine, like that toxic feminine trait is, first of all, you can do a lot of lot internally. It's all internal, to be honest. But if we go back to that masculine and feminine energies are not gender specific, number one. Number two, you don't need, as a woman, you do not need a man to provide some masculine energy you don't, you have it in you. You just, we have not been shown how to develop those things. So if a person is withholding, how do you heal that? How do you use some masculine energy to heal that? Well, it's work around learning to trust yourself. It's work around teaching yourself that you make yourself safe. So this is all inner child work, almost all of it. To go back into your, into your history and go, okay, as, as a child, what was the time when I didn't feel like I could say what I needed to say? That I didn't trust that what I, the words I needed to say would be received in a, in a good way. So normally when you say something like that, people are like, oh my God, it's that time when I was a 10 and I was so excited. Actually, I'll share a story that happened to me. Um, I was probably about 10 actually. <laughs> uh, and I figured out how to ride a two wheeler and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so excited. So excited. And I'm like, dad, dad, watch me, watch me. And he kind of just looked up and looked away again. And I still am aware of that and how hurtful that was. So that was a time in my life where it's like, oh, well, it wasn't safe for me to share there because I was rejected. I felt rejected at the time. So that was the masculine. I was looking for approval from the masculine, but that was a feminine trait of flowing and allowing my feelings to be uh, shared and share my excitement. Mm -hmm. So what that happened for me is I'm like, oh, I have to be careful what I say because it might not be received well. Hmm. So now as an adult, I have the ability and I have done a lot of work around, wait a minute, I can go and share with whomever I need to be vulnerable. That would be the opposite of withholding. 
but I'm responsible for the feelings that come up around that. So if I feel rejected, that's not the other person that's rejecting me. It's my internal story. It's my nervous system that, hey, Brandon, remember that time you rode your bike and your dad rejected you or it felt like rejection? Oh, I see that happening again. And my nervous system is like, whoa, no, withhold. But you can actually bring in masculine traits and healing around that mm-hmm. so that it allows you to flow more. So then do you think, are you saying it's just masculine that's going to help heal your wounded like child or is it both masculine and feminine? It's, it's both. It's okay. both. Okay. So depending on the traits and the blocks you have would dictate what path you're going to go around to heal it. So there's no like blanket way. Like I can't just say, hey, yeah. do this and you're going to yeah. heal. If yeah. somebody has certain um, blocks in their life, you can probably go back and figure out once you're given some tools where it came from. Once you know where it came from, you'll be like, oh man, my mom like swore at me this time when I was six years old. So there's going to be some healing to do around the feminine. And that's how you can kind of pinpoint where you need to do some work. Why do I act this way? Um, And did it come from my mom or my dad? Because that's the formative time of our years and we're being modeled how to be a man or being modeled how to be a woman and the things around around that and you know my mom and dad are quite a bit older now they didn't have access to any internet or understanding they were just doing the same thing that their parents did so there's generational things that come into play but now um you know with the time we're at and we can get this information out more people are like oh man i can really like break the generational Uh, pattern and learn to understand this and learn where these things came from so I can heal it. Mm -hmm. And one thing too, that I think for the longest time when I hear that is I had, I have a very loving family. I was showed a lot of love and I still am from everyone in my family, especially my parents. And I had a very privileged childhood. So I'm like, oh, I didn't suffer any like major traumas, but it's those little things. And it's like, it's allowing yourself to feel them and to explore them but also just like really going in and like thinking about those times. And also too, another thing that I've been trying to do lately, um, I always throw it back to Andy and Nuke taught me, like said this one time and it really resonated with me, but like leading with curiosity. So even if you have these blockades up or like you feel uncomfortable about things or anything like that, like just get curious, like why am I feeling this way? And for me, that was a huge catalyst in unraveling a lot of these thought patterns. Whereas before I would just have judgment when like in a feeling or an emotion would come up. And so then with that, I would, um, what was the word you used about unconscious feminine? What was the initial word we talked about? What it looked like? Uh, you mean withholding? Withholding, yeah, withholding. Withholding. So it would be like, I would withhold exploring that. I'd withhold sharing that and things like that. And in my journey of exploring the feminine, it's, it's resulted in like vulnerability and things like that and expression, expression of emotion and energy. And so, um, yeah, super interesting, super interesting. What you're saying. So we could, we could pull a thread with the withholding and the feminine and tied into romantic relationships. And I think it will really help people understand things a bit more. So, and you can probably chime in as a woman and say, you can agree or disagree with this, but as a woman in a relationship, we, we're going to generalize here. We're going to generalize that women want to be more feminine and men want to be more masculine. 
is that always the case? No. And we need to say that now because people might comment on it, but let's just generalize and say that. So how in a relationship would a woman go from withholding to be vulnerable? And because it's kind of a, it's kind of a general question. uh, Yeah. General question. And we'll go from there. So the way is, is they have to trust that the man is not going to judge them. If we're oversimplifying it. Mm -hmm. So we all want to be seen and heard. But if we've been wounded by the masculine or the feminine in our childhood and we had a bad experience, like with me for my dad, it's like, I don't trust that I can say what I need to say. And I'm going to hold on to those feelings instead. So how in relationship that can show up is if, if a woman like really wants to say what's on her mind, but the man might judge her or might try to fix the problem. That's a common one. A lot of times women just need to say what they need to say. I don't need you to fix anything. Mm-hmm. Just hold space for me. Men find that super hard to do, right? They find it hard to just stand still and listen. But that's what, we, that's what women want. I'm going to generalize that. So mm-hmm. society has been really interesting because um, you know, feminism and empowering women, which 100% needed to happen. Like there's a long history of some really not okay stuff happening and force women a little more into the masculine. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. But where's the balance? Where's mm-hmm. the balance? So women go into their masculine, get shit done at work. They're boss. They lead a team. That's, I think that's amazing. You come home in your romantic relationship. How does that work out if you want a masculine partner? It's polarity. It's like a magnet. It's like you're just butting heads. Mm-hmm. So that dynamic of too much masculine in a relationship, it's the same internally. If we only have all masculine all the time, we're out of balance. Mm-hmm. So we need to learn to balance the masculine and feminine traits within ourselves because that's actually the pathway to, in my opinion, everything else. You want a a balanced romantic relationship, you've got to balance yourself first. So men are like, oh, feminine energy. I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to do this and that. You know, one one thing I ask men to do in my programs is you're going to take a bubble bath tonight and you're going to light candles. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, you're going to do that because you need to nurture your feminine. You can't look to your partner to deal with your feminine and bring the feminine to you as a being into your life. There's aspects of it that yes, but end of the day, as individuals, we need to be able to carry those energies ourselves. But when we're all in our masculine all the time, we need that feminine from outside somehow. We're trying to figure out how to balance ourselves and we don't know how, so we look externally. So the bubble bath is like, wait a minute, you're going to learn how to cultivate this in yourself. And that is, um, it's super powerful because they're, they always come back to me like, yeah, I actually really liked that. And there's almost like an embarrassment. I'm like, why, why is that embarrassing? Yeah. Yeah. It's even, but you could even say the same for the feminine is we need to have a bit of that, um, stepping into the masculine and not just look for that masculine from someone else. Right. But 
I feel as though, like, let me know what you think of this, but like we live in a more masculine dominant society. And in order for women to achieve that, all that we've achieved, we've had to be in, in this fem or sorry, in this masculine energy for so long. And this was when we were talking about toxic femininity, one of my, I was talking to one of my friends about it. It's actually Daya. You probably know Daya. Yeah, I know Daya. Yeah. yeah. Um, he talked about it in a previous episode that I had with him when he was talking about how now there's like this imbalance of like the feminine energy because we've had to suppress it for so long in order to like have a voice and in order to gain the rights that we have. And so now it's a matter of like trying to bring back more the feminine energy in. So I don't know. I just, I never really thought about it in that way. And it was super interesting to think about for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would agree with him. And that's men and women need to figure that out. Mm -hmm. Right. It's not just women that need to soften. It's men that need to tap into that mm -hmm. because the goal of masculine and feminine and understanding those energies, if we're talking about just an individual is to be balanced. Like we all want to be balanced. We all want to be good human beings. If you're in your masculine all the time, it's not going to work. You're not going to feel um, balanced. If you're in your feminine all the time, you're not going to feel balanced. The best way that a, me a metaphor that's really easy to understand is um, water and a cup. So the cup represents the masculine. And if all you have is the cup, it's completely empty. It's not, it's not balanced. If you have water representing the feminine, it's just all over the place until you put it in the cup. Mm. And now you have a balanced scenario so that's individually but that's also in relationships so mm -hmm. the feminine wants to be flowy wants to come and go and and all the all the attributes you talked about but without the masculine structure it doesn't work it's not a balanced picture mm -hmm. so if people can visualize that and visualize that in themselves first and then you bring it into your romantic relationships or really any relationships in your life, things start to really start clicking. Mm -hmm. So am I the cup or am I the water or am I both? I love that. I love that example. But I wanna, I wanna make sure I had, I've written down some questions that I wanted to ask um, before we get into the relationship aspect. Cause I do, that's, that's one of the, the topics kind of questions I wanna hit, but can you, are you able to speak more to, or, or if you feel like we've, we've touched on it as, as much as you feel like we should, but more to how to bring awareness and to consciously move forward in regards to um, healing the wounded child and uh, trying to bring balance to the toxic or the unconscious energies within us? Yes, we can. Um, and it's, basic stuff like i i suggest to, to i work with men um yeah. but i start with the basics which is journaling and meditating mm -hmm. you have to start getting in tune with what's going on in you like how do you bring awareness to something that you have no idea about like the men i work with are like i have no clue what you're talking about until we start kind of leading them down a path so journaling prompts are awesome like I really find those useful for people when they're just starting out. So if there's, you know, the biggest mirror is their romantic relationships. So if there's something going on in their relationship, the simple journal prompt could be, why do I fight with my partner? 
I know that sounds oversimplified, but it gets the conscious talking to the subconscious, get the ball rolling. It's like, well, why do I do that? And then perhaps uh, a scenario would be, it's like, oh, right. That's because I'm replaying what I watched my mom and dad do. I'm like, what the heck? I'm not okay with that. But until those questions start getting asked, like we, like, like, was it Nuke and End you said? It's like, be curious. Yeah, yeah. You have to be curious. You have to, you have to start believing or thinking that I have to question everything I think to be true. So we've been given paradigms from the way we were raised, our life experiences, but do they actually resonate with what we want to believe? Or do we just believe it because that's what we were programmed? So Nuke and Annie are right. Get curious. How do you get curious? I love journal, journaling and meditating. In my opinion, you have to start there. Mm-hmm. And it gets, it's a little uncomfortable at the start, but it can, it can really start to open doors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One question I've, I like, I don't, I, this is probably just common knowledge for other people, but in case it's not, and people are like me, like when I would, I'd be like, okay, what, what thought patterns do I have? Or, or something like that. Or, or I'd feel an uncomfortable emotion. You just got to ask, why am I feeling uncomfortable? And just write, start writing that down. You know what I mean? And then from there be like, I don't know. I, I guess I'm just regurgitating what you're saying, but it's just, it's been, yeah, that's been predominant in my life. That didn't make any sense. So I'll just cut that out. Well, I can probably, I can probably. Decipher what I'm saying. Yes. <laughs> So when you have an uncomfortable emotion or feeling, it's your nervous system going, hey, I need you to pay attention here. And what it's, it's either going to do fight, flight, or freeze. It's going to tell you to do one of those things. Because even with the masculine feminine energy and, and this nervous system stuff, like we have gotten really smart as humans, but we have to embrace that we have animalistic traits. Like we have things that just drive us on a primal level we've Mm -hmm. wanted to think oh we're smarter than that that's bullshit we're driven by these things that are trying to keep us alive so when you have an uncomfortable reaction to something that's happening in your life can be anything it's your nervous system trying to like warn you of danger real or not it doesn't matter it's it's recognizing a pattern or something that's happened most likely in your childhood it's like this isn't good. We need to get you out of here. We need to stand still or we need to fight because it thinks there's a tiger hiding behind the tree. Literally, that's what's happening in your nervous system. So you're right. Start writing about it. It's like, okay, well, Bob said this thing to me. Why am I freaking out? Like anytime you feel like aggression or anything in your body, there's something going on. And that's the curious part that like Andy and Nuke we're referring to and it's a good it's it's an indication we all have it every day every day something's happening our, our nervous system and our subconscious and our fight flight or freeze response is activated but are you ignoring it and stuffing it away which we're really good at it we've mm-hmm. become really really good at that or are we like hey something doesn't feel right and sitting in that mm-hmm mm-hmm even like there's just so much distraction now it's just so easy to distract yourself and even for the longest time I was feeling as though like I really enjoy time by myself I enjoy my own company um 
I'm really in the middle of being an introvert and extrovert, but I never had a problem with that. But then I, I've been really thinking lately, like, do I really spend time by myself? Yes, I'm physically by myself, but usually I am reading or I'm watching a video or I'm on my phone scrolling through social media or texting people. I rarely just spend time by myself. And that's been something I'm, I'm pointing it towards like exploring the feminine, but I, I think it goes beyond that. It's just connecting to consciousness, connecting to myself, where now I just consciously try and just sit with myself, just hang yes. out with myself, like beyond meditation. You know what I mean? And that's when it's been this past week, like that's when it really, like, I don't know. I don't know. I've just, I've, as I said, I've always been like aware of this stuff for years now, but it's just really, I feel like now I'm years later, I'm now actually like getting into this shit. And so it's just been, it's been crazy. But that was the thing is I just noticed how much I was distracting myself and I never really thought that I was that kind of person, but I am, you know? So that's been an interesting one. Um, I want to move into relationships, but I want to ask you a question that I've been meaning to kind of ask from the beginning and it might be common knowledge again, but I just want to clarify when we're talking about, I know we're not talking about gender here, but do you think that most or sorry, do you think that the majority of people have a more predominant energy within themselves? Yes. Yes. Okay. So you think that they have a more predominant energy? Okay. That, that seems like a common question or a silly question, but I just wanted to clarify. So now do you think that when people are going to engage in romantic relationships, you think there has to be the polarity or where one, you have to attract a more feminine dominant energy and a more masculine dominant energy? That's the only way they could come together. Is that correct? It's the only way there's going to be a healthy polarity. Okay. So I, yes, yes. I see this a lot. I've experienced this. I've yes. experienced this and um, I feel strongly about this. I, I'm even going to say it's fact. People can question me, please email me and let's have a discussion about it. If this is triggering you right now. And if you think I've actually created a pie chart for my talk and in my program, cause it's just such a good visual. So if you look at the pie chart and there's a circle and that's the energies in a relationship split down the middle, there's masculine and feminine 50, 50. It's the easiest way to imagine it. Yes. There's maybe some flux in this, but let's just use that for illustrative purposes. You have to have those two energies to have a healthy relationship it has to be filled that much. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reference uh, from a men's standpoint for a minute and what's happened in the last 50, let's just say 50 years, is men have not known how to embrace their masculinity. I believe women as more spiritually in tuned beings, if a man shows up and only provides 30% of the masculine energy, she's not going to know what's happening, but she's just going to fill that. She's mm -hmm. going to step into it, going to make shit happen. And now there's not the right polarity and there's friction. And what happens is he wants to make decisions. He wants to do all the things that she is just doing, but we're so out of touch with understanding these energies in ourself and in the relationship that he just stands still. It's like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to be assertive in a healthy way. Now, I am also going to make an assumption that women are like, I just want my man to make decisions. I just want him to do the things. I don't want to do this. I don't want to have to ask. That's another I don't thing. want to have to ask. Yeah. And he didn't do it. So I did it. 
Yeah. So now she's pushing in her masculine. It's like, that's not what people want. Mm -hmm. But we don't have the verbiage or the understanding or the wisdom or the knowledge to like, I don't know what to do. So, um, people will go to therapy. That's great. That's great. They search for help. And yes, I understand the communication frameworks and I, I, I have a lot of knowledge around that. And like, as I said, I could never figure out why none of these modalities worked for me until I found masculine, feminine energies and polarity. And I'm like, this is it. So now what I do is I take all those modalities, but I'm very aware of the masculine and feminine and you need to heal those things in order for the modalities to work. Mm-hmm. I even have felt it in my relationship where we just feel off. Like we couldn't put before we couldn't put vocabulary to it. He would just like, my partner would come over the minute he walks in the door, I'm like working and I'm just like, Hey, and he's like, Hey, we haven't even hung out, but yet there's like this weird imbalance. And then just like our time would go on together and just through my exploration of this and and his as well. It just, sometimes we'll talk about it and I'll be like, I feel like I'm really in my masculine. And he'll say, yes, I can feel that you're not allowing the space for me. This was something that I was doing was I wasn't providing the space for my partner to step into his masculine as well. So like I took, I took ownership for that. Whereas like I was for like, un- like not in a healthy way, stepping into the masculine and not providing the container for my partner to show up and meet me in his masculine, if that made sense. It does. It does. But I'm going to propose something that also is going to trigger people, but that's okay. Um, I believe this is up to the man to provide the container for the relationship. So if you, yeah, here we go. If he's the masculine energy and she's the feminine. So remember the cup? Mm Mm-hmm. So now change the analogy a little bit and the cup is now the relationship. The cup and the water are the relationship. Yeah. In order for the relationship to happen, the cup has to be strong and sturdy and no cracks in it so that Mm -hmm. the feminine can be in the cup and feel safe. So I love what you shared about your partner coming and you're in your masculine and oh, I needed to provide him to step into his masculine. Well, where's his responsibility in that? If he was in his masculine and you felt safe and vulnerable, wouldn't that be the way that you could soften easily? Hmm. Also, okay, expanding on that, sometimes I think I was scared to step into the feminine and I don't think it had anything to do with him predominantly, but more I was too afraid to step into it on my own. Like I hadn't done it on my own, so how could I do it in a relationship? That is fair, that is fair. And again, that's healing probably your, well, both your masculine and feminine, but do you trust yourself? Mm -hmm. And I didn't. You didn't? No. No. I never sat with myself. Like that was, I thought I did. I meditated every day, but I didn't get into it, you know? Yeah. 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 So back to, you know, your partner, I'm, I'm, I, I love that. I love that you shared that. Thank you for sharing that. Um, when he walks in the room, if he, like, did he feel comfortable? He didn't feel comfortable either, right? No, neither of us did. We both felt like this weird, like, threatening to each other. Yes, but what I would propose is that a man that's healed both his masculine and feminine doesn't need anything from you in that Mm -hmm. moment. 
So when he walks in the room, there's a good chance he's searching for some feminine approval. But if he learns to heal that and, and deal with that within himself, he can walk in the room and he has this presence, like the sun and the moon, right? Like you talked mm -hmm. about that a little bit. If he's the sun and he walks in the room, imagine how that would feel if he just walks in and it's like, he's got it. Like he's so okay with himself. He doesn't need you to provide him with anything. He wants you in the relationship. He wants the things you have to offer as a divine feminine, but he's healed enough of the feminine that it's like, I'm okay. Like I'm okay. So if he walks in uh, unaware and unhealed with his feminine, there's a part of his subconscious is like, you represent his mom. So if he has had a conflict with his mom and, uh, and uh, the feminine has been wounded from when he was five or six or whatever, it doesn't matter. His nervous system and his subconscious is looking for approval from you in some way. He doesn't know it, doesn't know what's happening, but that's where the journaling prompts and everything we, we spoke about come into play. Yeah. yeah. You have to go deeper. And it's not going to be, it's not a blanket um, solution. Yeah. There's no like, it's going to be different scenario that happened for everyone. But I bring this up because I've experienced all different types of romantic relationships. So I am fairly confident in saying like, this is what works really well. Mm -hmm. You ask, do people have an either predominantly masculine or feminine energy? They do. Is that what they want? That's a great question for people to ask. So for a woman, do I want to be in my masculine? And then do I want a feminine energy male partner? Maybe you do. Maybe that works. That's great. Mm -hmm. That could work. But I would really invite people to question, do I like making all the decisions as a woman or as a man? Do I like that she makes all the decisions. Mm. Are you being honest with yourself? And if you're, if you're like, the answer is no, I actually don't like this dynamic. You have the ability to change it. Can we talk about what was one of my questions? Um, do you have more ways in a partnership to create more harmony, like work, within the, the relationship or do you think that it all has to be done alone in regards to balancing the energies does that question it, make sense yes it does yeah? okay it can be it can be done in relationship too definitely it can be there needs to be work done individually and together mm -hmm. so if people are in a conflict of some kind or you know it just feels off Yes, both people can do things individually. I am going to put it on the men, though, that you need to provide the container for the relationship. This is not just relationship. This is also individually. I believe men need to heal their feminine in order to step into their masculine fully. Hmm. Until you heal all your feminine you are not going to be able to show up in your masculine in the way you truly want or that your partner wants. So if I don't know how to take care of my own feminine, how are you possibly going to trust me with your feminine energy? I'm like getting goosebumps. <laughs> yeah. And this is why I work with men. It's like, okay, guys, let's go. We got a pretty big responsibility. We can help everyone. Mm-hmm. 
That's awesome. So then can you speak to what it does look like when the balance of the masculine feminine energies are manifested in a relationship? Like, what does that look like? What does harmony look like? It might be hard to put into words, but can you? It's not. Um, I will do my best. Okay. <laughs> I'm experiencing this with my partner. Yeah. She is in this world as well. She's also a coach. She also, before we met, was even into masculine feminine energy. So there was like this synchronicity right from the get-go. We had mm-hmm. the same verbiage. So we've been both moving forward and practicing what we know, but we also like work backwards and deconstruct it and go, whoa, that just worked amazing. Mm-hmm. So she was in her masculine most of her life, but she never wanted to be. So she's done a couple years of healing that and I've done work on myself healing it. And then when we came together, we were both in a place where I was more in my masculine. She was more in her feminine and it's working. So she has to consciously um, at times, not all the time, stop herself from going into her, her masculine because it was just as a paradigm for most of her life. And also, likewise, for me, I have to be very conscious of, okay, wait, I'm about to go into my feminine. I'm about to look to her for approval for something, and I have to consciously stop myself. And the reason is, is that polarity, that magnetism between two people. Yes, it can, it can, it's not like when you meet somebody and there's sparks and there's the undeniable chemistry. That's not what we're talking about. This is a much, much deeper level than just physical attraction. It helps physical attraction, but it's not what we're talking about. This is an energetic. If you imagine two magnets or two batteries and you put the two positive ends together, it's not going to work. But if you positive to negative, it works and there's power and there's a spark the two masculines or the two feminines would repel. So if she wants to stay in her feminine, which she does, but I drop into my feminine because if something comes up about, and this has happened, I'm still healing. It's, I don't know if the process is ever going to be done. And I got triggered and I dropped into, you know, Brandon, the boy, because I was replaying something from my childhood and I got very chaotic feeling. My energy was very chaotic, unhealed feminine. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you think happened? We became two of the same energy and the polarity between us that we, we felt disconnected when that happened. Hmm. Can I ask you something on that? Did I cut you off? Nope. Okay, so this is how some people might interpret it. I'm thinking and also I just want to ask on this in general. Can you go through situations and it doesn't matter what, if it's romantic, whatever, but just any sort of polarity relationship, say the more masculine will step into the feminine. Can the feminine then show up more in the masculine or does it always have to be the masculine has to stay in the masculine and the feminine has to stay in the feminine. I love it. And that's where I was going with this. I was was doing the dramatic pause. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You said I didn't cut you off. You didn't. You didn't. If you, wanted to, if you wanted to take it a different way, that's all good. <laughs> Thank you for letting me be the host. I appreciate that. You are the host. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate so that. <laughs> we, have, we talk about this. We've had instances where she doesn't want to step into her, her masculine. 
in those cases. She does she or doesn't? Does not. Doesn't. Okay. Oh, when so, you're in your feminine. Correct. Okay. But here is the amazing part in our relationship, and it's been my goal for basically my whole life to be at this point, is I become aware what's happening fairly quickly. I feel out of control, but I also know what's happening. She also knows what's happening and gives me the space to do whatever self-care I need to go back into my masculine as quick as I can. Okay. So what is a scenario where, you know, that's happened and she would have stepped into her masculine? I'm not sure because we haven't lived that out. I have lived that in other relationships and mm-hmm. it's so uncomfortable. It doesn't feel good. It just doesn't okay. feel good. So she stands still. This is the now, this is the, how her and I have started to, uh, the verbiage we start to use. So if the relationship is a circle and we're both standing in it and the polarity is strong, that's fantastic. When I've dropped into my feminine and had a, a bad day, let's just say, it's like I step out of the circle for a minute. I need to go recharge my polarity. I'm going to come back ready to go. So she stays there in her feminine in the relationship. I've stepped out and I'm going to step back in. It doesn't mean I've left. It just means I have to go and do some self-care. Okay. But we have, both have the awareness where that works. And there is ways I think any, any couple can do that. I really do. Uh, it may not be as simple as what I just described, but I think there's different ways people can enact the same thing. But it goes all the way back to what we talked about on journaling and meditating. You have to start knowing yourself. You have to. That's where it starts. It's not on the other person to figure shit out Mm-mm. for the relationship. You have to start doing it, the work for you first. Mm-hmm. So you can step into that circle of the relationship as the best version of yourself. Mm-hmm. Like it's never somebody else's fault. It's not. But that's the paradigm that many people operate from. Well, if they would just do this. No, I, I disagree. Mm-hmm. There's always work to do on yourself. It doesn't mean the relationship's going to work. But if you, if you are not putting the work in on yourself and showing up as your best self, you can't be pointing fingers. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it even feels selfish, like taking time for yourself or say like, I just need some alone time. But at the end of the day, hopefully it's going to, if you show up and you take that time for yourself, it's going to enhance the relationship regardless. I love the circle analogy um, because almost if you were to step out of the circle when you need to, she can't step out of the circle with you because then no one's in the relationship and it kind of throws it off as well. Right. Yeah. Um, so then do you think that, sorry, I just, I want to like comprehend it better, but when you're talking about how you step out of the circle and you work on like the self care, do you, when you're stepping into that feminine more, is that when you would say that there would be, um, support such as like men's groups and things like that, where you can have that space to step in your feminine. Because for me, I always thought that in like this harmony that your partner should be able to explore their feminine safely within like, say I- I'm in a heterosexual relationship. So it's like, I would think, I guess that doesn't have anything to do with it, but you don't even know, more masculine, more, I'm the more feminine in the relationship. I would think that I was trying to like hold this space for them to be in their feminine. Do you think that shouldn't happen? My partner and I were just talking about this. He thinks like, like, should that happen within the, within the relationship or should 
he, for example, be exploring that feminine outside of the relationship? So I could talk about this stuff for days and I love that you, you touched on this one because it's a twofold answer. There is processing what's going on for you and they're sharing what's going on for you. Ooh. So yes, it's two different things. Okay. So, and that goes to like what we talked about withholding. You don't want to withhold from your partner what's going on. So if you look at the circle and I look at her and go, hey, this thing's going on for me. I got to step out for a minute and go fix it. I'll be back in a minute. So being aware of what's going on, um, stepping out. And yes, you mentioned men's groups. I've been in men's groups for a while. It is so powerful. It, 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 every man should be in a men's group, full stop. I don't care how evolved you think you are. Um, I don't care if you think you're not ready for one, you are, you're ready today and it will change your life forever because my paradigm on relationship was I would just stand in the stir in the circle of the relationship and lose my shit in. And when I mean lose my shit, I mean become chaotic feminine because at the time I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know how to heal it. And I expected my partner to deal with it. Mm. Like, this is just part of being in a relationship. You have to deal with this for me. Or you have to help me deal with this. No way. No way. You, as a man specifically, need to learn how to take care of yourself so that your female feminine partner will trust you with what's going on for her. Again, you probably don't have to fix anything for her. She might have to step out of the circle but she's not going to feel safe to do that or come back if she doesn't know that there's parameters around the relationship and that you can do that. And that's not a paradigm that we've been shown many people. It's like till death do us part. Like, I mean, that's a whole different thing, but it doesn't mean you put up with shit. Yeah. It doesn't mean you put up with shit. It means you come together and understand how this dynamic is supposed to work and we've not been modeled it very well no it even makes me think when you're talking about the the battery analogy and how like you can't have two positives it has to be the difference I always think I can't remember the like the slogan of it but when people talk about how like opposites attract and things like that I always viewed that as like um say I like the color yellow this person likes the color blue you know what I mean and like you have different and I never agreed with that because I'd be like well you have to have similar values but if you expand on that further it's almost like no you 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 do attract the opposite but it's the opposite energy you know but I don't think that's what people meant when they said it no no not 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 in recent society that's for sure that's for sure yeah there's also another, another metaphor of the garden. And I, I learned this from Shalina from Rising Woman. Similar to the circle and stepping out, you can also might be helpful if you view the relationship as a third entity. It's not, mm -hmm. it's not man and woman and you stand apart from each other. And it's like, here's my shit and here's your shit. It's like, Let's put it on the table and that's the shit. That's the problem. And how are we going to tackle that together? It might be simply, I'm going to step out of the circle and go deal with it and come back. It might be, it's like, I need extra support. There's very different ways, but the garden is developing that relationship. It's really putting the effort in 
and let's say it is that circle and you're both standing in the garden so that you can like pick a couple pieces of fruit on your way out of the garden and it's still flourishing, it's still growing because everybody's putting in effort to, to do it. Mm. It's not so much about polarity, but I really like that as well because we very much, um, the paradigm is often it's you versus me. But what about not necessarily you versus me, but two separate individuals. But what if like, okay, it is two separate individuals, but what if we're building a garden together and the garden is the relationship and we have to put work into it in order for it to work. Mm -hmm. I just love that one. So I, I love it too. That. Yeah. Um, I think it was you that shared something on Instagram one day and it was a photo was it you? And it was like two people conflicting and there was like a problem between them. And then you switched the narrative of the, the, the two people then were on the same side. And then the problem was on the opposite side, if that makes sense. So it was uh, like, I don't know. That's definitely something I would have shared. I don't yeah. know. If that <laughs> okay. But that is exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're a team as well. And like, uh, this is how I, I kind of have viewed a relationship is like you're a team. And when you have a problem, you're facing the problem together. Even if I brought the problem to the table, it's both of us that are taking it on. Yeah. Yes. Instead of let's, you know, let's expand on that a bit. So it's my feminine wound. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when I stepped out of the relationship circle, what, what was the problem? Well, it was my feminine wound. What did I need from my partner? I just need you to stand in the circle. Just stay there. I'll be, I'll be back. Mm. Let me go do self-care. I'll come back. So that was still a team effort, even though I didn't need anything. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Um, well, there was one thing I was going to talk about, but I, I'm, I'm just going to bring this up as an example. And if you want to say anything to it, just let me know. Otherwise I, I won't keep it in. But as I was preparing for our conversation, I was asking a lot on social media, what people knew about masculine feminine energy. I said this at the beginning, if people were interested, um, what toxic and masculine and toxic feminine looked like. Again, it seemed to be the running theme of toxic masculinity. We never talked about the feminine. Um, but what a theme that really came up was men reinforcing other men to act unconsciously. So I wanted to ask for men that are in that situation where it's like the locker room chat or however it comes up where they feel the pressure to contribute to this unconsciousness, how do they step out of that? Unconscious men, like what you talked about, are not actually men. They're boys in mm. an adult male body. An actual conscious man would never do that. So men that feel pressured to do that is you need to start healing your masculine and stepping into it so that, let's say, let's use a locker room analogy. A man that has done his work and experiences that will actually say that's not okay and just stand there and not care if the other boys in the room judge him or not because mm -hmm. he realizes that they haven't done their work but that's what men need is other men to do that because we as men were not shown how to transition from boys to men so it doesn't matter if they're 40 in the locker room, they're operating from the emotional maturity of an 18 year old. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily their fault, but it's their responsibility. 
to change that. Mm-hmm. So the man that feels pressured to do that, I empathize with that. So go find a men's group and get, get to work. Awesome. Um, one finalish question I have to ask you is, I believe you have children. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Just one? Four. Four. Okay. Yeah. You have four children. Um, boys and girls? Yes. Yeah. So I wanted to ask, how do you talk about or just bring awareness to your children as a parent in regards to masculine feminine energy? <laughs> love it. <laughs> um, they live with their mom mostly. So this is done in specific conversations. This is done in modeling my behavior. Um, as they get older, I am trusting that they'll be curious enough to ask me more. But as I grow and expand, I'm trying to think of new ways to expose them to it because their mom, this is not her her space. So mm-hmm. I don't expect her to expose them to that. I, I value that kids, my kids slash young adults basically now are on their own journey and they can make their own decisions. But I'm, I'm pretty happy that I've found these this wisdom and I can pass it on to them. Um, how do I show them? Mostly modeling, mostly bringing up conversations that I think are at their level and sharing what I know when I can. Mm-hmm. Awesome. It's even, I was reading, this is, I keep flogging Brene Brown as of late, but it's just, um, I've been diving into her books and stuff, but oddly enough, like I, I don't have plans on being a parent anytime soon, touch wood. Um, but I was reading the chapter on parenting because I just, I found it interesting from the perspective of a child. And she brings up a point where you like she was talking about how essentially as a parent you're going to mess up and it's not going to be perfect and it's embracing like living wholehearted living as she says but it's more important about how you act as an adult in a way or just like stepping more into who you are I don't think I'm expressing it correctly enough and I'll maybe move away from the Brene Brown analogy but just as a child when I see now as like an adult or in my adult years if anything, like I feel more inspired and more drawn to my parents when they are being themselves and stepping into who they are as, as if you're doing with like stepping into this whole conscious masculinity and, and on your own personal journey. And rather than at times, sometimes they'll, their life will revolve around me. I don't know if I'm expressing myself correctly. Whereas when they're like living their lives and taking control of themselves and stepping into who they are, although maybe sometimes that'll create some distance between us because they like want to go on a trip or something like that. It, if anything, it it makes me closer to them and I feel um, more connected to them because they are becoming more of who they, they are, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you touched on the voice of knowledge in the start and as a parent, it took me a while and that book helped to understand that while they're my children, they're also their own beings Mm. and they're on their own journey. And that's a paradigm shift. Once you realize that and you, my, my take on being a parent is it's my job to give them as many tools to be the adult that they want to be. Not that I think they should be, but they want to be. So they're on their journey doesn't matter if they were three or now my son's turning 16. He's on his journey. And I'm like, hey, man, here's some tools you might be able to use along your way. 
and that's the modeling that's um that's teachings when i can that's you know he has a conflict at school and i'll i'll try to encourage him to reframe um I'll encourage him to question his thoughts and get curious about what actually happened in each scenario so yeah like Brene brown's right we're going to screw up we're going to unfortunately cause trauma to our kids that we don't think should be trauma. It doesn't matter what we think. It's their experience. So part of that masculine feminine in them is for me as a parent is just giving them the tools to, to unpack it because they're going to have stuff to unpack. It's just, that's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. It's not something that can be avoided. There's no perfect. There's no like, Oh, my kids have no trauma. That's like, you have no clue. You don't know. Mm -hmm. don't know so i can't remember what the original thought on that uh, was but yeah no but i feel like you you answered it and you spoke to what i was what i was talking about i think that's great um yeah i don't know i just i felt really intrigued to ask you that question um but is there before we close up is there anything that you want to touch on that you feel as though we didn't touch on or anything on your heart you want to speak about no, I don't think so. I think it's such a, like, I hope we've given enough to people that they are curious now yeah. and they'll explore it in whatever way that resonates with them. Because it is like, it's like this new knowledge. It's not actually new. It just was mm -hmm. buried. And I think I'll be very curious on what your listeners think. And if it resonates with them, they're like, oh my God, that made so much sense. Because mm -hmm. we kind of, we touched on quite a few things and how it applies. So I know. And I know we were broad on things, but I wanted to kind of like try and build a little like framework and then like people can fill in as they want, as they feel called, as they get curious. So yeah. yeah thanks for navigating that with me. <laughs> um, if people want to connect with you, they feel called to chat with you. Where can you be found? And can you also share some of the programs and services you provide? So best way to get a hold of me is my website, brandonarcher.com. There's links to social media there. You can find me there. Um, programs I'm running. I'm running, uh, it's called the Communication Code. It's for men to help them communicate and connect better with their wives. So as I said, I think men are responsible for the container and I want to help. And the men that have gone through this program are they've seen great progress in that area. So pretty, pretty grateful that I was able to share what I know in a way that makes sense to men. Um, I also run some men's groups too. So there's lots of, lots of things I can offer to help if people are curious, brandonarcher.com. Awesome. And everything will be in the show notes, including your social medias and such. Amazing. So thank you. It was, it was a pleasure to have this conversation with you. I was looking forward to it all week. So thank you. Thank you. I would like to take a moment to say thank you to Brandon once again for sitting down and having this conversation with me. Personally, I gained so much value from his words and I know that this is an episode I will be constantly coming back to for more nuggets of wisdom. I want to close out with a quote from James Clear. The road less traveled is a road of delayed gratification. If you're willing to wait for the rewards, you'll face less competition and often get bigger payoff. As the saying goes, the last mile is always the least crowded. 
If you would like to further this conversation and get in touch, visit my Instagram at the Curious One Podcast. For more information, resources, and show notes, please head to thecuriousonepodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, be well.